Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. This season, we're bringing in leading female powerhouses to take a deep dive into the topics that matter most to you. Technology, money, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it, we're covering it all. Tune in every Wednesday for career, real talk, and BS-free advice from the best in the biz. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Have you ever considered leaving your cushy, well-paying corporate career for a completely different line of work? It's hard to put aside a steady paycheck to take a leap into the unknown, but that's exactly what Gail Becker did. She's real-life proof that following your gut and leaving your comfort zone can actually pay off, literally. Earlier this year at our LA 2020 conference, we had the pleasure of hosting a live episode with the founder and CEO of Collie Power, and we were blown away by her incredible entrepreneurial story. Not only did she leave her high-flying position at Edelman to pursue a business in frozen food, she knew nothing about it, and she made a product that everyone can enjoy, one that is nutritious, convenient, and tastes good. But where did it all begin? After discovering both of her sons had celiac disease, Gail was desperate for nutritious, gluten-free food options. When she couldn't find any healthy or tasty choices, she did what every mom would do. She made it herself. She quit her job to start Call of Power, and three years later, it's a $100 million company that has completely disrupted the food industry, become the number one better for you pizza in the US. Now that's the power of a frustrated mother. Tune into this week's episode to learn why Becker started her business, what it takes to be successful, her no filter money advice, and so, so, so much more. So let's get into it, Gail. I'm going to go ahead and get started because we only have 30 minutes and Gail is a powerhouse. And I want to let you guys know, I'm going to open this up to questions later. So as we're talking, think about your questions. She's a wealth of knowledge. So let's just start from the beginning. After discovering both of your sons had celiac disease, you were desperate for food options and you couldn't find anything that tasted good, was healthy. So what did you do? Well, um, my boys were diagnosed with celiac at such a young age that it gave me a really good perch from which to watch the gluten-free industry evolve. And what I began to notice over the years was just how much crap they were putting in gluten-free food. I see a lot of heads nodding, more, more fat, sugar, salt, and calories. And so I thought, oh, 
clearly someone will do something about it. And they never did. So uh, one night I, I made cauliflower crust pizza. Off, I got a recipe on, their, on the internet. They were 569,000. Uh, I just picked one. I couldn't even tell you which one it was. I made it. It was okay. My sons asked for it again a couple weeks later and they said, are you gonna make that again? And I said, there is no freaking way. Uh, because it took 90 minutes to make a pizza crust, which now that I think about it is actually kind of insulting that yeah. people think we have 90 minutes just to make a pizza crust after a full day of work. So uh, I said, I'm not gonna make it again, but I'll find it for you. And I looked everywhere, I couldn't find it. Uh, and so I decided, you know what? I'm gonna do it myself. So cut to the number one better for you pizza in the US and a hundred million dollar company. <laughs> so from, I don't really wanna spend 90 minutes doing this, so I'm gonna build an empire. Um, so let's walk through the beginning stages of this. So you make this pizza crust, you're like, this is insane. How do you go from this idea to creation? Well, I should add one other element that, that helped me make the decision. I was working in corporate America. Uh, I was very happy. I'd worked my way up to the top of the firm and decided I didn't really like the view. So there was something in me that wanted to change. My father had passed away and I decided I needed to do something more meaningful. Those are really good elements of fuel. Uh, so what happened was um, I had this idea, I left my job, I hired some consultants, there's lots of consultants you can hire to help teach you about the food industry. Because the only thing I had ever done with food is I bought it, cooked it, and ate it. <laughs> but I knew enough to hire people that, uh, that knew more than I did. So I hired a bunch of consultants and basically I paid them to teach me. And I had them uh, help me find uh, a co-manufacturer, someone to make it. And I worked literally in secrecy for about nine months. I, I left in May of 2016. We launched in February of 2017. I never told anyone except my close family what I was doing because I didn't have any experience and I didn't want people to say, you're doing what? What do you know about starting a food industry, a food business? So I just thought, you know what? I'm not gonna tell anyone. And so people found out on February 1st, uh, this year's our three year anniversary of launching. Thank you, happy birthday. And, um, and we launched and that's really when people found out. We just launched in 30 whole food stores. So for those of you who um, are in the food industry, Whole Foods has this wonderful program where you can pitch the local region where you live. So I'm really lucky, I live in Southern California, which is a very large region for Whole Foods. And um, I remember bringing a styrofoam container of frozen pizzas to the nice lady at the counter. I didn't get a meeting, they wouldn't let me meet that, and it was like dropping off my child. Like, okay, they're here, should I wait? And um, it was very funny. Um, and then about a week later, I heard from Whole Foods that they were gonna bring him into 30 stores. 
It's amazing, and that's an incredible program. Taking advantage of those opportunities, you know, got you in the door. And I love that you said you operated in secrecy. I think sometimes when you're building something, there's time for opinions and consultants, and there's time to just put your head down and do the work. So I absolutely agree with that. So as you mentioned, you were very successful in corporate America. Um, And I think a lot of women, and I know a lot of women that listen to the podcast, are in that job, are working nine to five, and they have their five to nine. And they're trying to figure out how to make the five to nine, the nine to five. So what advice do you have for women that are, you know, working their side hustle while having this corporate job? And what can you, what did you get out of that corporate experience that made you a better entrepreneur? Well, look, I I am a bit of an older entrepreneur, which um, I think has a lot of benefits because for me, I worked at the largest global marketing, uh, PR and marketing agency. And so for me, I used to give people advice, some of which they'd listen to and some of which they didn't. Uh, And so now I had the opportunity to listen to my own advice. And so that there were things that I learned in corporate America that certainly I draw upon every single day. But to be honest with you, um, if I had to do it over again, I would have left earlier. I think I stayed too long. And, um, you know, I think the one thing that people don't realize about Collie Power, because I don't talk about it very often, is how close I came to not doing it. I mean, I woke up that morning and thought, I can't do it. And um, obviously, I'm glad I did. <laughs> really, <laughs> it must out. have been a strong cup of coffee that I had that morning. I don't know. Um, you know, I recently read this um, Instagram uh, post that really impact, that, that really summed up how I felt, and I'll just share it here. And hopefully, maybe for some of you, it'll it'll mean something as well. And it was really about that maybe it's not about becoming anything. Maybe it's really about unbecoming everything you thought you were supposed to be so that you could become who you really want to be. And that is how I summed up my corporate life. I dressed differently, I looked differently, I would go to bed on Sunday night and dread getting up in the morning. And I wasn't really me. And so now I go to bed on Sunday night and I can't wait to get up from bed on Monday morning. Now, I don't know if everyone's as excited to hear from me on Monday morning <laughs> as I am to, to get up, but um, it's, it, it is transformational. And you guys are so lucky because when I started, I didn't have anything like this. I didn't even know about anything like this. So I think you being here and listening to all these amazing Uh, strong and smart women and entrepreneurs is really the best way to take that first step. Hey everyone, it's Alyssa from Work Party. Let's take a pause from today's episode to talk about Way, a hair care line created by celeb hairstylist and former Work Party guest, Jen Atkin. Jen set out to create the first socially connected hair care brand to drive conversation and innovation in the hair space. And she succeeded in doing just that, Way offers hair care you can relate to, and they crowdsource their community when developing new products rather than telling them what they need. Let me give you the inside scoop on the latest addition to their all-star lineup. All-in-one shampoos and conditioners for fine, medium, and thick hair. I don't know about you, but hair care has become a top priority of mine while in self-quarantine. And with fewer events and fewer reasons to use hot tools, what better time to invest in quality hair care? 
not to mention a great way to support a small business like Way. With so many hair product options on the market, it can be difficult to know where to start. Way wanted to simplify that process for their customers, which is why they developed one-and-done hair solutions tailored to maximize the health of your strands and tackle the biggest challenges for each hair type. And now, for a limited time only, Way is offering all Work Party listeners an extra special discount. Visit theway.com, that's O-U-A-I.com, and enter code PARTY to receive three free samples with your order. I tried the formula for fine hair, and it left my strands feeling cleansed and nourished. They added biotin to strengthen, chia seed to thicken and volumize, and keratin to reduce frizz and flyaways. My favorite part, the formulas are color-safe, sulfate-free, cruelty-free, and produced in eco-friendly packaging. But don't just take our word for it. Shop their new shampoos and conditioners for fine, medium, and thick hair now at theway.com. That's spelled O-U-A-I dot com. And don't forget to enter code PARTY at checkout to receive three free samples with your purchase. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering From Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness. I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? I love that you said you woke up that morning and thought, I can't, because I don't think that's something you hear a lot. I think we've all seen the covers of Forbes and Fast Company, and these women are crushing it, and the evaluations, and the billions, and all these things, and I think sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I can't. It's really, really hard. What are some of the challenges you've faced as a founder, as a you know, CEO, as an entrepreneur? Well, that, those are, that's a very long answer. I will come up with some. Um, I would say a couple things. So one, um, I didn't know anything about the industry. I literally knew nothing. But I think one mistake that entrepreneurs often make is they feel like they have to know everything. If it's your business, you have to know everything. You actually don't. You know what you know, and you hire people around you to fill in the gaps. And uh, once I came to that realization, that I didn't have to know everything, that, you know, I didn't even realize that the freezer section was the most competitive part of the grocery store. Thank God I didn't know that. Uh, because it's such, it's such limited space. And so everything in there is these multi-billion dollar companies. And so I thought I had to be bigger than I was. I had to sort of pretend to, to be bigger and stronger and more knowledgeable that I, than I was. And what I came to realize is that there's a lot of people out there who are cheering you on, even when you don't know it. Even some of those buyers in the grocery store, in the in big retailers, uh, they were actually cheering on the David, and I didn't know that. And once you make that realization, um, things become a lot easier. So I want to talk a little bit about investment. You took on two rounds of investment. Um, it's a, a raised around 10 million. Uh-huh. How did you know about that? How did you find investors? How did you make that decision? I absolutely did not know about that. I knew zero about that. I knew about much about that as I did about making pizza. But, uh, so what did I do? I hired someone. I hired, so uh, Circle Up has this um, service where, not the, not the online fundraising, but um, they, they, they'll help find you. 
investors. So for me, I didn't take any friends and family. It just wasn't for me. I didn't, it made me nervous to play with my friends and family's money. So um, I waited as long as I could. I, I used all of my own money um, initially. I maxed out all my credit cards. I sold my clothes online. I got rid of my housekeeper. I didn't go out to dinner, everything. So I met with these people and I said, I want people who know food. I want investors, I want smart money because I knew that, I did, I, that that's what I needed. So they brought me all kinds of investors. And to be honest with you, a lot of them said no. Mm. They didn't say no, they said, we want more data. Because we were growing really fast. We, were, we launched in February, we were in Walmart in October. And I was out of money in September, like out. A lot of the investors said, if we could just have a little bit more time, just a little bit more data, and I'm like, no, like, I have no I, time. I have no I time. Have, no, I am literally out of money. So, but I found that there was this one uh, very prominent uh, food VC uh, who said, you know what? We're going to take a bet on you. And you know what? It worked really out. It worked out really nicely. It worked out nicely for me. It worked out well for them. And when it came time to closing my second round, all the other people who had said. You know, we need more time. Oh, here, we're ready. We'd love to give you money. And I said no. And I went back to the initial VC, uh, and I've only uh, raised money with them. Because you know what? Loyalty early on means everything. Loyalty is everything. People taking a bet on you early on when you don't have the data and you don't have all the things. It's so, so important. I mean, there was so many things, you know, even with Crate and Cultivate where, uh, you know, early on Levi's was a sponsor and they paid like $4. (laughs) Like it was so early. (laughs) But getting their name on there changed our business. And, And those people are very important in your life. So you raise this money. And I think there's oftentimes a misconception of like, you raise this money, now you're rich. (laughs) So what did you do with the money? So uh, frozen food is a very expensive food to make and probably pizza, maybe even more so. So you have to make the product before you sell it. They don't, right? So I have to buy it and pay for it before I can sell it. So it was really mostly for cash flow because I actually couldn't make it. And uh, particularly as the orders increased, which they did, those 30 Whole Foods sold out in two days. And as the orders increased and the retailers became more and more, I needed to raise more money just to keep the business going. Um, And then I also used it for marketing. Absolutely. And so going into these rooms with VCs, now running such a large company, was negotiation something that came easy to you or was it something you sort of learned along the way? That's a really interesting question. Um, I would say yes and no. You know, the thing about starting your own business is, um, boy, you are going to fight tooth and nail every step along the way. I mean, there is no one stronger. I always say to my son, I always say, what's the strongest um, animal in the animal kingdom? And he always says, I know, it's a mom protecting her baby. Uh, And I said, that's right. (laughs) And um, it's kind of the same thing. 
You will do anything for this company and you particularly to make sure that you're given the value that you deserve. Having said that, I do think there are a lot of people who concentrate too much on the valuation. Because the valuation is one part and it's super important, but there are other elements to negotiating a deal, other factors that are equally as important that may not be as important at that moment in time, but will be very important down the line. So you have to figure out, hire a good lawyer, number one. And Great then advice. Figure out what is important to you. And then that's what you should have paramount as you, in, in your negotiations. Absolutely. And running a real business, I think, is part of it, too. I think people raise money. They have this money. They're trying to figure it out. But, like, you have to make that money work. And that money, they expect a big return on that money. So It's really well said. This falls into the category of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can raise a lot of money doesn't mean you should raise a lot of money. And there are a lot of people who raise, in my opinion, too much money. Because that's just gonna make you more beholden and put tighter restraints on you over, over time. We are an incredibly capital efficient business. I'm just quoting here, this isn't me saying it, but we've been compared oftentimes to Beyond Meat. Because we're about the same size as Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat has raised $250 million. So, and obviously it's a much different business and they need a lot of money because of the technology behind what they're doing. But again, just because you, people, you can raise more doesn't mean that you should. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of you know, people who think they wanna raise money, think they need it for their business, but there's all different ways of doing it. You can raise a small amount, you can do the friends and family, you can do the VC, you can bootstrap for your business, you can do, there's so many different options. So just because all the headlines are reading raise, 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 it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it. But I just wanna say this stat, I don't really have a question, but you sell a pizza crust every three seconds. I just, I just want to say that because that's insane. It's actually every one second. It, okay, it's, I knew it. It was too good. Every, it's been what, 18 minutes? How many pizzas is that? I don't even know, 18,000? Um, unreal. How do you deal with that kind of scale? Like, were you just shocked or were you like, yeah, my pizza crust is bomb. Uh, I wake up every morning in a state of shock. Uh, I, and I also, I like to say I sleep with one eye open because um, I worry all the time that someone's going to take it away. That yes. maybe it's a dream and maybe I'm going to get pinched and wake up and it's not going um, to uh, be there anymore. I am surprised. I would tribute a lot of it to, um, to mostly my team. I have the best team in the business. If you guys came by our booth today, you saw some of them there. They're great. I don't know what I would do without uh, the team back uh, here and back at the office. And um, the other thing is we had really good timing. Yes, so timing, timing is everything. Timing is everything in starting a business. We had, um, I like to think that we had really good marketing, that we spoke to people in a way that was really relatable. We don't, we don't you know, we, we're a bit self-deprecating. We laugh. We sort of laugh at like how difficult food is. You know, we're in the trenches with you. And then three, and most important, the most important thing 
is just like in real estate where it's all about location, location, location. In food, it's all about taste, taste, taste. If it doesn't taste good, nobody's going to buy it. And you don't have to be an expert in food to know that. Absolutely. And so I want to talk a little bit about your partnership with One Son. So you have a philanthropic partnership. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, you know, life in corporate America was pretty good. I did pretty well. And if I was going to leave, it had to be to do something more meaningful. I really wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And so right from the very beginning, I partnered with, um, with One Son, which um, gives money to the American Heart Association Teaching Gardens. So we give a percentage of sales to help build teaching gardens um, across the country. In three years, we'll have given a million dollars. Wow. And it's... Um, And it's really important to me because, you know, we're not a brand that, that, that sneaks vegetables in our food. Like, we don't, shh, don't tell, you know, don't tell your kids, don't say anything, because we believe that, you know, we love vegetables and think that they're so magical, we put it right in the title. And, um, and that's where we think we deserve. But if we're not going to impact, if we don't make food that kids will eat, then what are we really doing? Then we're not making a difference. And that was really important to me. And you know, you really created a new category, which starting a company is hard. Creating a new category, much harder. Tell us a little bit about the educational piece of the marketing that you were doing, because yeah. it was kind of relearning for people to say, oh, cauliflower is doing this? So tell us a little bit about that. You know, it is funny because, um, I remember just back when I was trying to find someone to make a cauliflower crispy because no one had ever heard of this. And I would go to these big, you know, manufacturers all across the country and they'd go, you want to do what? And a lot turned me down because they actually thought I was crazy. And I probably was a little bit of crazy. Um, I also think it's interesting, you know, I think it was a more familiar concept to women than to men. And I think that was part of some of the challenges I faced in raising money because, you know, there are very few female VCs, as I'm sure you guys know. Uh, only 2% of VC uh, money goes to female entrepreneurs, which is tragic. Um, and so I think because not everyone understood the power of the concept that there were some, some challenges there. But I'd like to think we've overcome them now. So obviously we're talking about the pizza a lot, but you're expanding categories. Can you tell us a little bit about the new categories? Yeah, I'd love to. Who tried our chicken tenders today? Woo! I mean, I just have to say, those are the healthiest chicken tenders ever made in the history of mankind. And they're delicious. So, um, so I'm very excited about those. We just uh, launched those in the um, last quarter of um, 2019. Uh, so we're very excited about them. Uh, we also have um, cauliflower tortillas, which are, yeah, they're really good. I see lots of eyes. So, um, and if you go on our store locator, you can, you can find who sells what. Uh, we also have um, sweet potatoes, which are sliced sweet potatoes. Um, and you, they're used as a bread replacement. And then um, in two weeks, we are announcing 
six new products. Oh my God. I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, someone bring me a drink. I, <laughs> I think we can make that happen. Okay. Um, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank and you. I, no, again, me. I know nothing about the food business, but walk me through supply chain and FDA approvals and all the sort of nitty gritty. Like, how did you figure this out and navigate that? I did hire a lot of people. So I hired two kinds of people. I, heard, I and, and the bigger you get, the more flexibility, you know, the more people are attracted to your business. So now I have experts in supply chain and operations and people who've been doing this for years and who know way more than I do about any of that. But I can tell you, it is a lot of work to get product from A to B what product, to what retailer, to what state. We're sold in every state, every city in the country. Um, it is a huge, huge operation. And in terms of the USDA, the only thing that you really goes through USDA is anything related to meat. Mm. So you need more time to get a product through. If you have a meat product, you need more time to get it through the USDA. By the way, to get a product from, your, from, your, from inside your brain to your stomach, is about minimum about a year, minimum. The tenders we worked on for about a year and a half. Uh, the tortillas um, even a little longer. Wow! So um, it is a it takes a long, long time. So you're at what a lot of would, people would describe the pinnacle of success. You have an incredibly successful business in three years, mind you, which is unheard of. What do you think the traits are ne needed to be an entrepreneur today? I think you need um, a couple. I think one, you need, um, you need courage to admit what you don't know. You have got to be honest with yourself and others what you don't know and hire around it. Because if you try and do everything, it's a recipe for disaster. Two, you need to be relentless. You, when they, you have got to be relentless. When they say no, you go back in. When they say um, can't do it, you say yes, you can. I, I once called the um, president of Dun & Bradstreet because I didn't have a high enough score to go into Walmart, a high enough credit score to go into Walmart because I was such a new company. And I couldn't get it in time. And if I didn't get it in time, they wouldn't have given it to me. So I did the only thing that I knew. I called the president of Dun & Bradstreet. Uh, and I wrote a letter, and within 30 minutes, the chief of staff had written me back, and I got my credit score. And the last thing that you need to be is you need to be fearless. Mm. Because, um, you know, it's nice of you to say Kali Power is a success, and I, that means a lot to me. But the biggest success that I feel is that I took a risk, and I bet on myself. That's and great. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. And if you guys don't bet on yourself, no one else ever will. It's so true. And sometimes it takes hearing someone say that to know that. Because the reality is, is, you know, even with Create and Cultivate, you know, I was doing it and someone had to say to me, that's, that's a business. Yeah. Exactly. That's a real business. You should go do that. And I was like, no, no one wants to come to that. I mean, guys, you're getting wisdom here. Okay. We're gonna get to questions, so start thinking about it, but I'm gonna do some rapid fire okay. first. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. The biggest sacrifice you've made for your career? 
Uh, the biggest, uh, I guess, um, the security of uh, a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, girl, preach. Um, if I could go back to the beginning, I'd tell myself. I would tell myself, you should have done it earlier. Mm. Um, a female entrepreneur I admire is? You. Oh, <laughs> teed that one up. Um, <laughs> my 2020 vision is? Survival. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, my 2020 vision is to um, build a hell of a lot of teaching gardens. Mm. So you have Gail here, incredible entrepreneur. We have time for a few questions. Get your hands up. Ask these questions. I see one over here. We'll, we'll, do, we'll go to her and then we'll come to you guys. Right there. If you could stand up and introduce yourself, that would be great. Hi, uh, Hi. I'm Alicia. I'm actually a celiac, so uh, your company is amazing, and I just wanted to say thank you for spreading awareness. It's, it's something that definitely needs to happen still. Um, but my question is, have you thought about being in the restaurant business at all or bringing any of your products into restaurants? I know Beyond and Impossible are starting to do that. Is that something that your business is going towards? So, um, so that, thank you. So that, that is called food service, and uh, we are in food service. We're in about 7,500 restaurants across the country. We only do branded food service, which means we just don't sell cauliflower pizza crust. But if something, uh, for those of you that live in LA, for instance, uh, Pizza Rev, their cauliflower crust is cauliflower. It says it on the menu. Uh, 800 degrees, that's cauliflower. Uh, Chop Shop. Uh, is also cauliflower. So um, yes, it is a very, very tough part of the business. We s probably started it too early. It takes ex it's excruciating, but um, but when when it works, it's fantastic. The one other thing, let me say, I started the business because my sons were celiac. But we don't even market our our food as um, gluten free, although everything is gluten free. But we don't even market it as such because. We believe, you know, when my sons were little, they wanted me to make their frozen pizzas for, for just for them and get regular ones for their friends because they were embarrassed. Mm. They were embarrassed of the way it looked and tasted. So the whole idea behind Cauliflower is we can all eat the same thing, even if we all have different reasons for eating it. You, you want to be gluten-free. You want a lower-calorie pizza. You just want a great-tasting pizza. Fantastic. Let's all share from the same plate. Absolutely. And I think we have a question over here. Can yep, we get sorry. the mic over here? If you could stand up, that would be great. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Um, so you talked about being relentless and uh, not taking no for an answer. Um, I always say that I feel like there's some sort of distinction between, you know, being relentless, not taking no, and then sometimes coming off as too pushy or annoying or just not getting the, the clues. Um, can you give like some advice on that where, um, you know, you could just share some light on how we can kind of balance that? Sure. Um, one thing I can, I can assure you is there's no man standing up and saying, I'm worried about being too pushy. Absolutely. And, and I, think, I think that's, I, I think we're all, and I was the same way. Um, but I think, you know, when you launch a company, when you start a company, it is an extension of yourself. I think everyone would expect you to be that passionate and that relentless when it comes. Now, 
I left out one very important piece of advice to your point, and I want to I, I want to address it. You get to say no. In fact, you should all be saying no. One of the toughest things to do as an entrepreneur, and I've had to do it many times myself, is say no because I couldn't do something. I couldn't live up to that. I couldn't keep my promise. So here you are trying to build a business and work so hard towards something, and I have to say, oh, I can't do it. No, I'm sorry. But that's how you build credibility. But no one, when you're an entrepreneur, no one will ever fault you for fighting for your business. And I was just gonna say, on top of that, you know, I get told no all the time, and what I what I do is I say, you get told no all the time, girl, and I say absolutely no problem, and I put a I drag that little email into a folder that says follow up in six months, follow up in three months, and I just hey, just checking in, blah blah blah, and I tell you, my team's like you are relentless with follow up, and that follow up always leads to business. Yeah. Always. And they can, they can say no for years and then they'll say yes. But it's not about being like a crazy person like, yeah. you need to do this. It's just yeah. consistency, consistency, consistency. Well, and it's also having the proof points to back it up. Yes. It's not just, it's not just here, you should, it's here are all the reasons why. Fine, you want to say no? This is what you're missing out on. And that's, yeah. that, that's the other important element. Okay, we have time for one more question, but maybe Gail will hang and answer some of these. Uh, she was first. I feel bad. I'm sorry. <gasps> if you could stand up, that'd be great. Hi. Hi. So I started a business in a, uh, in a saturated market, but it's a niche business, kind of like you with pizza. And I feel like there's now a lot of people copying me, which I think Welcome. is fantastic. Welcome. Me too. <laughs> but do you feel like the people copying you could actually strengthen your business because now it's bringing more attention to it? Or do you feel like it is harder because there's now more people doing what you're doing? Um, I, would, I, I, I can give you an example where it strengthened it, and I can give you an example where it's weakened it. And it's actually both the same one, and that's Trader Joe's. And by the way, if you love brands, I mean, if you really love brands and you love women-owned brands, don't shop at Trader Joe's, because that's all private label. That's, that's all I would, private label. I never label. thought about that. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> Anyway, here are the two examples. When Trader Joe's first came out with um, a cauliflower crust pizza, by the way, there's only 400 Trader Joe's in the entire country. There are 4,000 Walmart stores. So when they first came out, I thought, oh my God, that's it, that's it, I'm, I'm out, I'm out, no one's gonna buy my pizza. Well, the funny thing is, all of the other retailers that didn't have that, that didn't have a cauliflower crust pizza, and that wanted to compete with Trader Joe's, Who'd they come to? They came to me. And that was a really good insight. Now I'm gonna give you the flip side. The flip side is, hi, do you wanna try some cauliflower crisp pizza? Oh, no, no, I don't like that. Well, what do you mean you don't like it? Yeah, I tried Trader Joe's, I don't like it. Oh, okay, you gotta try ours. So I don't like, interestingly enough, I don't like a lot of the, what I would consider inferior competitors out there because I think it sours people on the entire category. And then you have to work that much harder to get them back. Amazing advice. I wish we had two more hours. Thank you so much, Gail. We so appreciate it. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. 
the ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com. So you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.